Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. The CFO role is changing rapidly, moving from cost controller to strategic visionary. And with every change comes opportunity. We are here to help you take advantage of this transition to win at work, drive your career forwards and lead with confidence. Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people, and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of 2022. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. If you've been with us all year, um, well, firstly, thank you. Um, and secondly, um, for those of you that this is maybe your first episode, don't worry, we've got a cracking agenda planned for next year. And let's get started with today's session. So, um, so today's session is all about building out your 12-month transformation plan. So today's session, we're going to talk about building out a transformation plan for your team that's specific to you. We're going to look at the framework um, that we need to build two things to think about. I'm going to take you through an example plan. It's very top level, very basic, but it should give you an idea of how you can put it together. And as always, I will share any useful templates and resources. So please, you know, this is a live session. I am doing this. And if, for those of you that are obviously watching this live, obviously you will probably see me in my lovely winter jumper. So please do add comments, say hello, shout, shout from where in the world you're actually dialing in. Last time we had some people literally from across the globe, which is fabulous. Um, feel free to ask any questions or, you know, queries, comments as we go through. It's always great to have the interaction there. And we're all about creating community um, and all about building these sessions for you, um, our audience. So, okay. So the first thing I just wanted to talk about was kind of just to recognize um, 2022, right? So we're going to talk very much about the plan for the next 12 months, but um the idea of you putting together your plan is making something specific to you. So if you want some inspiration, some ideas, and or, and or you're really bored watching Christmas TV over the Christmas period, we have literally got 12 months of sessions that we have done um, in the, you know, for 2022. So we've done everything from spreadsheet, how to do a spreadsheet audit, how to do timeline reviews, how to map out, how to review processes. Um, so please, you know, check out our back catalogue. You can find our back catalogue on www.itassolutions.co.uk. The um, main web address is sort of scrolling through. Um, but we, um, and I'll also ask Soph, who is my um, my lovely, very glamorous assistant on today's session, to pop in the link to the main financial transformation page. So if you haven't um, uh, seen any of the previous sessions and you want to explore them, they're all available on demand. Any of the resources that we talk about today and also on previous sessions are available. So please put them on there. So, um, so you can do that. And hey, Belfast, see, oh, not quite global there, uh, Jonathan, but great to have you with us. So, okay, so let's get on and let's start the meat of today's session. So I think the first thing is, is that People, one of the things that people are asking me as we are putting together today's session is, well, are you going to give me my plan? I was like, no, no, no. 
because actually every finance, obviously every finance team's in a different position. So what's really, really important is you build a transformation plan around your goals and your objectives, but also with your capabilities, your resource, your technology in mind. So I'm going to give you an idea of some of the things you might want to think about as you go out and how how you'd almost plan out your transformation plan um, and the key checkpoints that you need in that. But fundamentally, the idea behind this is I'm going to give you a framework that you can pick up and use. You know, if you do need any inspiration advice, then, of course, I'm here. Reach out. I love um, I love to talk transformation. Just pick up the phone, have a conversation. DM me on LinkedIn um, if you've got a particular challenge or you don't quite know how to achieve what you're looking to achieve. And I can either give you some great resources or point you in the right direction um, or even jump on a call if it's required. So. So how do we build out our 12-month plan? So when we're thinking about our plan, there are eight key steps that you need to think about. The first thing is you just need to be really, really clear on what you're actually trying to achieve. How are you going to know that you've achieved your transformation? So the first piece you need to think about is almost set yourself an objective. Now, don't worry at this stage if it's not perfectly formed and you don't know whether it's possible, but think about where you want to be in 12 months. What is the what is the line in the sand that you want to be at? Um, and then we can think about and you can work through with your team, how do you get there? So once you've got your objectives, you then need to understand the current situation and challenges. This is really, really important. So a lot of people will skip straight to the next step, which is identifying potential solutions. And actually, fundamentally, if you don't understand your current processes, if you don't understand why you currently can't hit those objectives and those goals, then actually you're not setting yourself up for success. And you might end up trying to solve the wrong problem. So for me, you know, that piece is critical. And you'll, you know, I see as we go through our, our example plan, and um, we do set aside some, you know, some quite a bit of time just to work through that. Um, the third step is about identifying multiple potential solutions. There is a tendency for people to jump on one potential solution and then just push it through all the way. And I'm a big believer in let's let's think about lots of different ways of, you know, of fixing that same challenge. Um, and then we use our prioritization matrices to actually decide which way we're going to go. Okay. And then we're going to go on an evaluation. So how do we evaluate the solutions that we put forward? How do we decide which ones to go for? And then at that point, you can say, okay, those original objectives I want to achieve. One, you kind of do a sense check to say, is the solutions that I'm putting forward actually going to achieve those objectives? Um, and secondly, you're then going, Right. Do I need to maybe modify the objectives that I'm looking at? You know, can I achieve this in 12 months? If no, what can I achieve? Um, and, and kind of give, you know, set yourself up for success. Make sure you're being realistic about what you're looking to achieve. And then our next step is then planning out. So we talk about key elements of a good plan, you know, pulling from my old uh, project planning capabilities and, you know, things that the uh, team are always um, jumping on me about internally. Um, and we can talk about executing key things to think about. Now, that execution piece, we will drill in into a lot more over the next 12 months. So it's going to be a fairly light touch today, but we're going to talk about and just as important as every other step is make sure you put in time 
and a process for evaluating your execution. So when we come back in 12 months, we sit here and we go, right, um, how did you do? How did you achieve on your plan? Then you can literally, you can say, well, I did this, this worked well, this didn't, and this is what we're going to change next year. Okay, so I'm just going to pause here. Any questions, any queries, any thoughts, you know, pop, pop them in the chat. It's great to have so many of you with us live as well. So here's an example 12-month plan, right? So um, what am I going to do? So in January, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to establish my objectives, what I'm looking to achieve. I'm then going to spend some time with the team identifying the current situation and potential solutions. In Feb, we're going to put time aside to really look into those different solutions and evaluate them and putting together the business case. Because again, even if you don't physically produce a document, working through the steps of the business case is a really good way to rationalize your decision on the solution that you're working through. March, we're going to get that solution signed off, whatever whatever they are, and it could be multiple, reassess the objectives and start planning for implementation. And that gives us April, November to execute and December to take a step back and start thinking about the next year. So here's our 12 month outline. Now we're going to start to get into what we're going to achieve. So in my example plan in January, so what are we doing in January? So in January, we're going to obviously set our key objectives. And there's three things that I want my team to achieve in the next 12 months. Firstly, I want to get my month end down from 12 days to seven. I want to make sure that we as a finance team are delivering weekly flash reporting to their wider exec. And I'm going to, um, I want to make sure that, you know, because of everything that's going on at the moment, it's been a really challenging year. I want to make sure that none of my finance team are having to work overtime a month end. So they're my three goals and my three objectives that I want to achieve in the next 12 months. Um, in terms of setting objectives, a um, couple of things just to, you know, think about, you know, the old, um, the old acronym setting SMART goals is really important. So, um, for me, I want to be really specific. I want to make sure I can measure those goals. I want to make sure that they're um, accurate and they're um, achievable. I want to make sure they're realistic, that it can be done. And that's why we've got the assessment phase. And I want to make sure I put a timeline around that. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, there is lots of um, lots of goals that you can set your organization. This is just example plan that you could be working through. Okay, so now I've set my objectives. I'm going to then put a plan around how I'm going to understand the challenges in current situation and why why can't we deliver the month end um, in in seven days right now? So I've put together some examples of the kind of activities that I'm going to run through in January with my team. So in order to reduce the month end days from twelve to seven and um, stop the team having to work overtime at month end, there's three activities I'm going to do to go through um, and reduce my month end. The first thing I'm going to do is a month end timeline mapping. The second thing is based on that timeline mapping, I'm, if I haven't already got processes set aside, you know, documented for those um, those ones that are really slowing down my month end, then I'm going to document that. And I'm going to work through a fishbone analysis of the month end process. Okay, don't worry. I'm actually going to go through these as examples. And if there are any um, challenges that you've currently got objectives, you don't quite know how to 
get to the bottom of and how to understand, pop them in the chat, send me a DM and I'll give you some um, exercises that you can do with your team to understand those challenges. And then the remaining objective that I've got, which is delivering the weekly flash reporting, I'm actually going to run a reporting workshop with the stakeholders and I'm going to do a fishbone analysis as well on that one Um, because um, and to understand what's stopping us from doing that. Now, um, for those of you that um, flash want to deliver flash reporting, just kind of a future heads up in the new year, I think it's going to be the February session. We're actually going to do a whole session on just how do we get to delivering flash reporting? What stops people from doing it? Um, everything you need to know about building in the capabilities and the processes around that. So, um, you know, don't forget to sign up for the alerts. Again, the links in, so if pop that in a bit earlier, feel free to join us um, and sign up to the alerts for that session. Okay. So I've set my objectives. I've then dissected those objectives with the key activities that I'm going to do to underpin them and to figure out where I need to go next and to understand why I can't achieve those objectives right now. Um, And so now I'm going to just talk you through those exercises because month end is a big one for a lot of finance teams. So it's always an example I like to use. And the first thing I love to do with um, finance teams is the timeline mapping. And for me, this can is basically a way of outlining the start and the end day. So what days of the month do you do certain activities? And now if you plot out your month end, what you will really quickly find is there are some things that hold up your trans, your um, your month end process. And, and then there's two questions you need to ask yourself when you're trying to figure out how to speed up your month end to get down from that 12 to that seven is one, can I do parts of, you know, can I do an activity faster? So for instance, can I process purchase invoices faster? So we finish and close that on day one rather than day six in this example. Or can I bring the activities forward? So rather than waiting to the end of the month to do my intercompany reconciliation and my intercompany postings, can I post them in month as I'm going along? Um, so here's an example. Again, if this is a key goal for you, you know, you do want to reduce your month end time, I the best thing you can do is join or download the previous session. But this is a great tool, and I use it with a lot of my clients when we go through implementation, just to get a feel for how we're going to, you know, bring things down. Okay, so we're going to do a timeline mapping. The other act, you know, the other tool I love again, I love to use is my fishbone tool. So there's a couple of ways you can approach this, and if you've done any kind of Six Sigma, any kind of process engineering, this will be pretty standard for you. But if you haven't, I'm just going to talk it through. So what we do with a fishbone is we're trying to understand the cause. Now, um, the gray, so the gray on the right-hand side where, where I've got month end, that's my end, you know, that month end in, in, you know, in 12 days. Why can't I do it in seven? That's the question we're asking ourselves. And then each of the strands of the fish um, can either be generic areas or they can be specific parts of your timeline map. So into company reconciliation, management reporting, et cetera. And what you really want to understand is, what is slowing that process down? How can you do it faster? How can you do it before the end of the month so it's automated? Um, and then you start to dig into those areas. So I've just put some generic um, categories within my month end. So people, process, technology, core cool ones, data, organization, and management. Um, 
And so common things that I find that slow months down, it's not all about technology, right? Things like not having integration, not having the right tools for the job, of course, have an impact. But it's just uh, as much about, well, do we have agreed timelines with the rest of the organization about when they have to deliver? Do we actually track our month-end close times, like what activities are sitting within that month end and when they close, you know, so we get a truer picture of when they're, when they're actually supposed to do it. Do we have robust policies in place for when expenses need to be received, who signs them off? Do we have escalations in place for if things aren't signed off, where we go and does that get raised at an exact level? So there are lots of things, for instance, that make up this particular example, which is the, the month, I'm kind of very much focused around month end. Um, but you can use this technique with any kind of um, challenge or any kind of, it's, it's a great brainstorming piece. Because then what you can do is take these causes and these, you know, the reasons that you are have a late month end or a later month end than you would like, and actually start to unpick and brainstorm, well, what are the potential solutions, right? So, um, it, it and it may not be just technology. So, it could be the fact that, you know, you don't know when a PO has been received. So, you know, do you do or do you have a process in place for sending out outstanding purchase orders and confirming with being receipted? Do you even track purchase orders in the first place? So, you know, this can be as much about process, people, um, you know, management structures and internal policies as it can about technology. And then what you need to do is brainstorm your solutions. So it could be there are, in this instance, I have five things that I'm going to do. I'm going to define deadlines for expense submissions so that if they don't get, if they don't get submitted before a certain date, they don't get paid. Um, I'm going to implement PO tracking and a PO process to manage my accruals, to manage and get reporting on commitments and uh, potential costs. I am going to evaluate a new ERP or finance system as part of my process. Um, I'm going to look at um, setting up bank feeds because my bank reconciliation is so slow. And one of the things that really slows our, our process down, particularly around um, sales and billing, is that we have so really random scenarios. We don't have any pre-agreed templates that the sales team can use, so we're going to implement that. So as you can see, I've got a mix of process. I've got a mix of internal policies, um, process reviews, but also technology as well. So there's a couple of different things that I am going to look at with my 12-month plan. So then what I would do is go off and investigate each of those solutions, okay? And then I'm getting into my evaluation stage. So of all the solutions I've put forwards, and you can brainstorm that in a team. Um, and actually on that, just one of the key brainstorming techniques to remember is just be mindful that some of the best ideas can come from the quietest members of your team. Hey Google, what's the best accounting software for my business? Give it a couple of years and I'll bet you she'll be able to answer you pretty accurately. But for now, it's still one of the few questions Google can't give you an answer for. But we can. Take our free quiz and find out which Sage product is the right fit for your business. Just head to itassolutions.co.uk. So rather than the traditional brainstorming, which is where people yell out or they go up and, you know, 
write stuff on the board. One of the things I talk about a lot is the best way to brainstorm is to do it um, independent of others initially, um, but to do it anonymously. So give up, you know, sit around the table, give everyone post-its. You can do this online as well um, and get them to write their ideas down. So people very often, you know, if you're in a big group, if there's more dominant members, people will very often follow that individual and what you want to make sure is that you're getting the best ideas on the table. So, you know, do a round of ideas, um, put them all in, put them in a, and if you're in person, put them in a jar, let everyone, and then you can start picking them out, talking them through. Um, alternative also online, there are digital versions. We love using Lucid. It's our favorite tool. Um, so we, um, we use that not only for process mapping, but you can also use it for brainstorming and some of this, um, process engineering work. Um, but um, you are—you can also um, not only do um, you know brainstorming there, but then you can also um, then do a sort of a second round. So once you've reviewed that person, um, you can um, you can then you know go back through all of those i you know ideas and thoughts, and then um, do like a second round of ideas as well. So brainstorming, there is actually a methodology to it. You've got to be very, very careful that the loudest person in the room doesn't override everybody else as well. Okay. So February. So that would do all of that in January, loads of thinking, loads of thoughts. Um, you might decide that actually that is too much for February. So you might stagger it out over a couple of months, but I'm, I'm, I'm going hardcore with my plan this year. Okay. So the next thing you need to do is once you've got all solutions, right, and you've understood, um, you know, what those solutions are and you've, you know, you've gone through a couple of them, you then need to go through a prioritization phase. Now, um, there's, and I'll talk, there's a couple of approaches you can take. So I'll talk through a couple of different options. Sometimes it's really obvious what you need to do. Um, Other times you might need to just do a bit of thinking and weighing up of options. So um, if you're going to do, I like to work through, there's um prioritization matrix one and two. It's a really good technique for going, um, where should we start? Okay. So if you put um, your ideas in order of impact and how, um, and how impactful they will be and the potential rewards, and then the strategic importance or urgency behind that. So, um, you know, if, if it's a, an area of particular risk like spend, you might decide that um, purchase ordering is something you need to look at. Okay, so the first, um, that will give you an idea of your prioritization. Um, there is an official name for this matrix. I think it's to the Eisenhower matrix, et cetera. But this is for me is the first stage. Then what you do is you go through a second phase, which is you take the, the prioritization. So, you know, from low to high, but then you actually analyze it across the cost or time to implement. Because if something is a low priority and it's going to take you a, a reasonable expense and um, t- and or time to implement, then that should be a lot lower down on your list. Whereas if there is something that is quite cheap to do, has a medium sort of impact in terms of priority, then actually that's a great place to focus. So... Um, so th- this is like a, a two-stage prioritization cycle that you can take your ideas through to figure out what you want to include in your first session. Okay, so um, if you don't want to work through that prioritization matrix, you want to take a more holistic view, 
Um, what you can do is look at, right, how much time is already is spent on that item, um, on that, that job. Um, what is the impact on team and the objectives? You know, how much is that going to help, you know, drive me towards my goals? The volume of transactions, the volumes that are going through that process or area, the risk to the business of that item if it goes wrong, how easy it is to automate um, and, you know, how long it will take to automate or streamline and the cost to automate as well. So there are a couple of different ways that you can approach. And again, guys, feel free to ask any questions as we go through um, any thoughts, um, on any anything that I've said in today's session. So um, when we're thinking about putting together our business case, and I said I did say to you that you don't always have to put together a physical business case, but what you need to make sure that you have gone through in your head is the steps that make up a good business case. Um, so going through reasons or problems. So why are we doing this in the first place, right? And if you go back to objectives. Yeah, that's where having those clear from the beginning, this should be super easy to put it in. Um, understanding the options that you've thought about. Again, you've gone through the brainstorming piece. You should be doing that. Estimated timescales. How long is it going to take? You needed that for your prioritization. Should be super easy. Stakeholders and requirements. Have you fully understood the problem? And again, this goes back to our initial phase. If you understand your processes and your technology now, then actually it becomes really easy to put this together. And have you spoken to the right people? I do think sometimes we underestimate the value of going not just in our team, but across the wider business to get feedback on, um, on ideas and thoughts as well. Understanding benefits and downsides to the, to the shift that you're making. Um, of course, costs are really important. Um, and then understanding the scope of what you're going to be delivering, because there is a tendency for things to go off track if you're not really clear on the problem you're solving and what is in and out of scope. The resources that are required internally to support this business case, um, and of course, a risk assessment. So where could this go wrong, this um, solution? For key elements, um, and making sure that you've thought about each of those items before you make a decision around how you move forward with your solution. Okay, so it's been a busy year for us already. We've gone through our objectives. We've braced, We've understood the problem fully. We've understood the cause and the sort of done a deep dive into those elements. We've then brainstormed solutions. We've then um, evaluated different solutions, put them into a priority order, and we put them forwards. So. In March, we're now at a point where we can go, right, at the beginning of the year, this was our objective. Based on the solutions that we've put forwards and the you know assessments we've done, do we feel like these are still achievable goals, right? And in my, my element, absolutely, we're going to be able to reduce them at the end days from 12 to 7. I might even decide to be really bold and say, actually, based on what we've seen, we can get it down to 5. Um, we're going to deliver absolutely deliver that weekly flash reporting to our exec. Um, and we, you know, if we get all of this in place by the end of year, we'll be in a position where the team do not have to work overtime at month end. Okay, so then we're going to go through our project planning cycle. So we're going to think about, you know, how do we put together an effective project plan? Um, and even if you're going on a more agile methodology, these, a lot of these um, stages are still applicable. Okay, so 
I'm always a believer in agile, in flexibility, but fundamentally you need to make sure you've thought through your project before you kick off. So who needs to be involved? You know, have you understood your executive team? Are they on board? Do they know why? Do they know the resource that they are going to have to allocate to support this? Do you know your subject matter experts? Who needs to be involved in any scoping stages or decision stages? Um, do you know who's actually going to do the doing? Have they been allocated time to be able to do it? Do you have the resource as well? Um, and and that's that stakeholder conversation, you know, understanding the roles and understanding who else needs to be involved is really important. Um, you know, we, um, a lot of projects will have a launch meeting. They'll sit down with the team. They'll talk about the why. They'll talk about the how um, and start to get everybody involved and on the same page. You're then going to pull out your objectives for each of the mini projects that you might have as part of your transformation piece. Um, setting clear goals, again, being really clear on what is the problem you're solving, what's the objective you're looking to achieve. Um, prioritize key tasks, key dependencies, um, create a schedule um, and an outline framework that you're going to be working to in terms of timescales, assessing risks along the way. Where could this project go wrong? What do we need to think about now so that we don't put ourselves in a position? Um, keep communicating. So communication is one of the key things when it comes to projects. Make sure you're you're talking to all of your stakeholders at all the different levels. Um, and then keep reassessing as you go through your project plan. Um, as you hit different milestones, again, communicate that out again. Um, and then once you've completed your project, you do your final evaluation. So planning in itself is, and maybe that is a topic for a future session, is a, you know, it's a huge area. But fundamentally, think about thinking about this wheel, thinking about all the key steps um, and you're, you know, you're on your way to a successful project. And um, you'll hear this phrase a lot. So we talk a lot about agile finance, but agile project planning is very much, uh, you know, doing things in, well, the way I look at it is doing things in small chunks of easily deliverable and then adapting as you go through. So there will be some elements that you you can adapt, you know, um, and, and we, you know, internally, we use a mix of waterfall and agile, depending on the, the project, depending where the customer's at, depending on what we're looking to deliver. So um, there is something to be said for that, you know, combined approach. Um, and they're not always mutually, exclu- uh, mutually exclusive. So now we're in the execution phase, right? So we're going to be looking at implementing our key um, elements. And we will have, because we've well planned this, we'll have drilled down our plan to the sort of almost the sub areas of the system. We will have created almost many sub projects, sub areas that we're going to focus on so that we can really start to get wins um, and start to tick things off. So, you know, we talked about month end, so implementing month end checklists, setting KPIs for when things need to be delivered and tracking those KPIs and implementing um, a standard month end review meeting where we sit down and discuss how that month end went. So that's our first piece. And we're going to do that in April. We're then going to look at um, expenses because expenses are a real bugbear. It holds up um, a lot of the, the processing we do at month end. So we're going to implement a, a new expenses platform. We've evaluated a couple as part of our evaluation stage. So we're going to actually kick that off. And it's only going to take, it's going to take us about six to eight weeks to get that in. 
Um, and we're going to make sure that is supported by some strong policies internally and some agreements around um, who's going to be authorizing, what those bandwidths are, and when things are going to happen. And we know that fundamentally, um, our new our internal systems need a review because there's so many areas that we need to look at. So we're going to spend some time in the first couple of months mapping out all of our existing processes, make sure we understand the as-is, de-risking the project. And then we're going to look at um, a phased delivery um, across multiple months, including an optimization phase. And if you are looking to do any kind of ERP project, please don't forget that phase. It's critically important for the success and ongoing development of your system. Because once you go live, that is not the end of the journey. You need to make sure you're continuing to develop out your systems and process and get the most out of any investment you're making, especially at the moment. You've got to invest. You've got to make it work. So a couple of top tips for you guys. Um, today's session has very much been a uh, top-level overview of you know, how you could put together a project plan. So when it comes to um, you know driving transformation and driving out your plan, focus on the 80%. There will be certain things that you can do that will have the biggest impact. So start with the 80%, the things that are going to have the most impact. Get those out of the way before you start um, focusing on the others. And remember that prioritization matrix that we went through. Um, if you are planning, do try and give yourselves small chunks of like mini projects, almost projects within projects. Um, because the idea behind that is you can go, right, did that work? How well did that work? Did we get close to our objective? What did we learn from it? And your team become a lot more agile and you get some pace and momentum behind your transformation journey. Um, process reviews and improvement suggestions should be part of monthly conversations. So if you don't have a monthly debrief after your month end to say what went well, what didn't, where do we need to improve? That is definitely something you should look at. And it's a key part to any transformation is, you know, making sure you've got that ongoing conversation around continuous improvement. Whatever you're doing, focus on flexibility and agility because, you know, decisions that you're making will, you know, you're going to be making changes for the longer term. But in 12, 18 months, two years, those decisions um, and that you're making may, you know, the requirements may be slightly different because the business has changed. So wherever you can build flexibility and agility into your processes, into the tools and technology that you're looking at, that is absolutely something you should be thinking about. And don't forget to celebrate small successes. When we start to think about it and even plan in the successes, yeah, plan in to talk about what's gone well. Um, recognize people internally as well for the things that they have achieved because once you get momentum around change, um, you know, that communication is absolutely critical to, to continuing the, to deliver on that change. So, um, okay, so we talked about building a transformation for your team, the framework that you need to use to build it out. We've talked about um, an example plan, you know, um, with my key objectives for the next 12 months. And, you know, last but not least, some useful resources that you've, um, you might want to have a look at. So I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, so we've got the getting started with finance process mapping session that we did earlier on in the year back in March. Um, if you want to just quickly download the template around the month end, I've got a pre-built Excel one, dead easy, just jump onto the website and download it. Um, if you are evaluating solutions at the moment, a month end is on your hit list. 
um, you know, check out our Improvement Blend with Sage Intact webinar, which which we literally go through um, key elements that month end will address. So, um, you know, that's a very targeted overview of uh, that particular module. The next session we're going to be doing in the new year is going to be all about financial transformation New Year's resolutions. So kind of like things that you could pick up and go, right, that's what we are going to focus on as a finance team for for the next um, for next year. Um, so you can, the session is uh, set up on LinkedIn. You can join that. Of course, if you're subscribed to our transformation alerts, you can, um, you'll get an alert in the email um, or follow us on LinkedIn and you'll get um, an alert when that happens. Um, and thank you, you know, thank you again. If, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, have a conversation about this session, about anything I've covered or any feedback, if there's areas you feel like we should be digging more into or you'd like us to do a deep dive on, then please do reach out. Um, and for those of you um, that, ha- you know, are watching this uh, pre-Christmas, have a fabulous Christmas and New Year. For those that you are listening to it after Christmas on the repeat, that I um, hope you've had a fabulous holiday, you've been rested and recovered, um, and looking forward to our next session in January. Take care, guys. Look after yourselves. Stay safe and happy holidays. So for those of you that don't know what we do here at ITA, so we are a financial transformation consultancy that specializes in Sage Technologies, whether that is looking at a new solution, evaluating your current solution, or just helping you to get the most out of your current setup, we can help. But rather than me tell you all the reasons that you should consider working with us as a Sage partner or a transformation consultancy partner, I'm going to let our customers do the talking for us. ITAS were there from the, from the sort of get-go, helping us, you know, talking through what the process was going to involve, setting expectations, you know, making it clear that how much work we were going to have to put in to make sure that, that the project was a success at, at the at the end. Um, and then talking us through all our different options, looking through our current processes, making us reevaluate what was important, which elements we wanted to um, move across to the new system, how we wanted to configure our new system, and also kind of making us sit, sit back and really think about what is the success of this project. When we get to the other end, when we finish the implementation and, and we're in the system, what's success going to look like? And actually, you know, putting that question back to us and really making us sit down and think about what is it that we that we are looking to gain um, from this whole process was, was really useful internally, making us really think about the key objectives and which areas to maybe prioritise over others. Um, it was also really helpful sitting down and, and thinking about it rather than one big, huge project, actually splitting it down into different phases, um, sort of smaller bite-sized chunks, which made it seem a little bit more achievable um, within the time. Um, and then thankfully, ITAS have been super flexible with us during this process because it all it happened to coincide our implementation with our first ever financial audit, which just took up huge amounts of our time that we didn't expect. So we did have to um, slightly push back some of our go live dates and, and thankfully ITAS were accommodating and, and actually helped us navigate through through that process. And I'd like to say that thankfully we're out the other side of our first days of go live and uh, yeah, loving the move to, to intact.